It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of We Are Podcast, the K Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Corey Geiger, and yes, it is me, Jared Prugar. I know some of you might have asked and have asked if the We Are Podcast is still going to be a thing between Corey and I now that I no longer um, am doing things full time for DK. Your wish has been granted. I am here. We can't get rid of you. What the hell? What are you still doing here? I am the Sean Clifford of Penn State football coverage at DK Pittsburgh Sports. <laughs> That's good. We've been doing That's it good. just as long. But, Corey, speaking of Sean Clifford, he didn't have a very good day on Saturday afternoon in Happy Valley. No, he didn't. He was a game manager. It was raining a lot. Penn State fumbled four times. Clifford threw an interception. Uh, should have had another one, but it was dropped. This was just a, a sloppy and ugly game. But here's the thing, man. They they won the game, and their defense played great. So it, it's – you look around the country in college football, teams struggling all over the place to play consistently week in and week out. Penn State's no different. This is not a great Penn State team, but it's a Penn State team that you think can pretty much beat anybody on the schedule, maybe with the exception of Ohio State. They, they just have to clean this stuff up and play more consistently. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, you you can look at it all you want, and the the issue here is Penn State hasn't played very well, but they haven't needed to play very well. So that could be a problem. But the, let's be real here. At the same time, they're 5-0 and going into the bye week. Life isn't all that bad, and they haven't played a perfect game of football, which means they still have the opportunity to go out and play some really good football. And I expect that's what we're going to see after the bye week. Okay, well, I, I really don't know what we're going to see after the bye week because they go to Michigan, and I think they're going to lose, and and I don't think Michigan's great. I do think Penn State's defense is really good, but I'm just still so concerned about Penn State's offense, uh, and I, I don't think they're going to be able to go out there and run the ball all that great on Michigan, and so now it comes back to Sean Clifford. And can, can he beat you? And then Clifford has this kind of day, 10 or 20, 140 yards. There are still questions about the offense. I, again, I'll, I'll repeat this for the third and fourth time. The defense is going to keep them in games, even at Michigan. But we, we have to find out what this Penn State team is, and that's going to happen at the big house in a couple weeks, Jared. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing it so we can at least get an idea. Uh, is, is this a legit Big Ten contender and playoff contender? Or is Penn State a pretender? Yeah, and I think the the one thing outside of really the 
the Auburn game where they played out of their minds. They played very much, you know, to their opponent, right? Purdue, they did just enough uh, to let them win. The defense was supreme there. Um, the defense, I think, has been lights out the best thing to happen to Penn State football this year. Now, that I don't want to take anything away from the offensive line because I think the offensive line has done pretty well too. Um, you know, they're 21 carries for, for Katron Allen all in the second half today or um, on Saturday. And then Nicholas, Single, Nicholas Singleton had 21 carries for 87 yards. Um, you know, and I think that's a, that's a good problem to have, but let's be real that that Penn state defense there as advertised, and if not probably better than advertised coming into this year, Manny, Dief- Manny Diaz is a, is a stud. Yeah. I, I give him all the credit, James Franklin. That was a great hire. And I want to kind of take a step back here just to reiterate what we're talking about. We're recording this late Saturday night. The pit game against Georgia Tech is still going on. And this is what we're talking about. Right now, Pitt's losing 9-7 to seven in the fourth quarter against Georgia Tech. Pitt was a favorite, favorite by 20 points. Georgia Tech just fired their coach, their AD, AD. So what we're talking about with Penn State, Jared, is Penn State was a 25-26 point favorite. They didn't look great, but they found a way to win. Pitt may end up losing, although I would think that maybe they'll get get that back and find a way to win. This is this is all gut check time for these teams, Jared. Week after week, we're talking 18 to 22 year old kids. The weather was bad up here. You know, the weather's bad in Pittsburgh. To bring it every game, every week against every opponent, Jared, you've You've coached sports. I've coached sports. It's I've played. It's hard to do that every single game, but the bottom line is Penn State still finding a way to win these games. Yeah, and let's be real. Penn State had five turnovers, no points off of turnovers. Yeah, that's wild. No points. Now that's I mean, if you're Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern, you are shaking your head. Um, but on the flip side, Penn State also forced three turnovers and scored 14 points off of that. So that's a good thing, but you know, outside of that Penn state didn't do much and listen, it was soggy. It was sloppy. It was miserable. Um, and that's, you know, that's football. That's that's September, October football, right? Now that the, the calendar is turned October. Now it's October, November. We're going to see what these teams are all about. And I think that's the biggest thing for Penn state because this is the gauntlet. You know, you have the bye week, right? And Penn State has not historically been great out of the bye week. And they go to Michigan, right? They go to Michigan, and then they've got Minnesota. Is that – yeah, Minnesota. Yep, that's right. Minnesota and then um, Ohio, Ohio State. State. And the good news for them is that Minnesota and Ohio State are at home. The bad news is they've got Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State – you know, back to back to back. And, you know, more often than not, Minnesota being in that conversation, you're like, oh, whoa, what? But Minnesota has played pretty well this year. Well, they didn't play considered. well now, against they, Purdue on Saturday. They look bad right. at home against Purdue. And, look, I'm, I I would pick Penn State to beat Minnesota. It's a wide yes. out. They should have. But the issue is if they lose to Michigan, James Franklin can't let that loss beat them twice. And he's had, he's had trouble doing it. J- James Franklin – his program at Penn State has struggled after a loss. Now, can they beat Michigan? Yes. Let's not jump ahead saying they are going to lose. I, th- I think they will, but they can beat Michigan. That's the issue. If they do lose to Michigan, you've got to regroup with 18 to 22-year-old kids who right now, Jared, they're on top of the world. They're thinking college football playoff, 
And mm-hmm. it, if you lose that first game, you can't let it beat you twice. Right. And, you know, it's same thing for Michigan, right? Michigan was tested um, against Iowa today or on Saturday. You they know, they weren't only won by 13. Nah, um, that game was never that game was never close. The final score was 13, but Michigan really shut that down. They were up 27 to 7. That that was a, a little bit of a misleading score. It wasn't that close. But you know, it's the same thing. They haven't had that opportunity in Big Ten play yet. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they played Maryland last week. Maryland played them tough. Maryland, I think, has the potential to be pretty high up there, maybe possibly, you know, eight and two, nine and one when they play Penn State. Um you know, uh, I believe. Oh, that's November twelfth. Um, I can't can't forget that date, Corey. I would be murdered. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will not be at that game. I will be busy that day. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is October, November. This is where championships are won. You know, Ohio State schedules start going to start getting tougher. They're not going to be going against Greg Schiano and Rutgers, and you know, getting into brawls and stuff like that. Um, it's put up or shut up time for, for a lot of these teams. It's, that's where we're going to find out the contenders and the pretenders and, and what it's all about. And you're going to see that all across the country because the cupcakes are, the cupcakes are gone. Now it's conference play and it's time to put up or shut up. Well, let's put up or sh- and shut up right now. We'll take a break and we'll talk about the Penn state defense more in the second segment, Jerry, because that, that is what's going to give this team an opportunity. Absolutely. So we'll we'll talk. We'll get defensive here when we come back on the uh, from on the flip side of this break on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the second segment of the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey, defense wins championships. Penn State has a championship caliber defense through five games. The offense, eh, we'll see. But let's focus on the defense because what Manny Diaz is doing uh, is, is really, really good. Yeah, they gave up the one long touchdown 
a little bit kind of a broken play. Abdul Carter kind of slipped down. But look, uh, what this de- – I mean, the last four games, you're talking about seven points here, 14 against Central Michigan, 12 against Auburn, 10 against Ohio. Really good numbers. I just I just like the way they're playing, Jared. And I wrote about this the other day. Uh, I said it's the most insightful thing that James Franklin has said all season as he described the defense. If you're not giving up the big, long touchdowns, which they have not, they, they did against Northwestern on one. But if you're not giving those up and you're also good in the red zone, you put those two together and you're going to be really good. Teams are giving teams are moving the ball on Penn State. Now Northwestern's offense is atrocious. They moved it in a little more in the second half. But then Penn State comes up with the stop on fourth and goal at the one and and that really kind of helped save the game. But what Penn State is doing, it just looks different. James Franklin mentioned this as well. It it looks like a more aggressive aggressive defense. The DBs are in your face. They're getting after it. They're getting all these turnovers. I think right now, Manny Diaz deserves the Frank Broyles Award for the assistant coach of the year in the country. I, I think he's been that big of a factor for this program. Oh, I, I, I agree. You know, I think he's doing a great job. I think they're aggressive when they need to be. They're not aggressive when they when they need to be. And the secondary is playing out of their mind. I think they're, the second the Penn State secondary is is very good. They're long. They're athletic. Um, they are finally playing up to their potential. You know, you've got – Joey Porter Jr. You've got Jair Brown, who's a stud. You know, you've got all of these options. Um, and and look, they're they, they are good and they are playing very well. They, you know, they allowed one red zone trip for, for Northwestern Saturday afternoon. Um, they got nothing. It was a goal line stand. And, you know, when that happens, man, you have you have confidence. And when you when things are clicking like that. You know, it's a good thing, and it's a great thing for Penn State especially. You know, they allowed one one point one yard per rush, right? So they and, – and 14 yards per completion, and their, the average was 3.7 yards per play. You know, you do that more often, more often than not, you're going to have a lot of three and outs. You're, you're not going to have a lot of sustained drives, and that's what I'm seeing from Penn State. I think that's, that's been very beneficial – um, is they're getting the ball back to the offense. Now, the off- offense isn't quite helping them out yet, but they haven't really needed to, and especially in a game like Saturdays, you know, hey, you take what you can get, you won, enjoy the bye week, and get after it for Michigan. I, I thought Pat Fitzgerald made a big mistake they're down 17-7, fourth and goal at the one. I think you you have to take the points there. Nine and a half minutes to go. I think you have to take the points and make it a one-possession game. Now, look, I, I am a very, very aggressive person when it comes to sports. I like going for it a lot. I like offense. I dig the long ball. I dig throwing the ball 50 times. I, that, I, I like that, that kind of stuff. I, I usually am all for going for it. But mathematically, you got to get the points there, all right? And so, but Pat Fitzgerald, he's, he's got a desperate team, a bad offense. He's probably figuring, hey, we got it. We got to try to get, get a score here because we may not get back into the end of the uh, 10, 15-yard line again. But I still think you have to get points and make it a one-possession game, Jared. P.J. Mustafer knew the quarterback sneak was coming. He told us after the game, he told uh, Hakeem Beeman and Chop Robinson, hey, get ready for the sneak. And so – 
Northwestern runs the exact same play that Penn State's defensive linemen are, are ready to stop. So I, I, I have a lot of respect for Pat Fitzgerald as a coach. I can't believe the Northwestern program is really this far down, especially offensively. But I just thought that was a big mistake. Corey, while you were doing that, we were interrupted by Aaron Judge trying to hit the second 60-second home run. Did um, he get it? No, he got walked again. But eh. but you're right. You know, it, that's a tough situation because fourth and one, and you score, and you go down seven, and or you, you go for the field goal, and you go down seven. But if you go for broke, you're down three. And, you know – it, it's tough. You know, you like the law of averages, right? You think you can get a yard, um, three feet. Why Why did he think he could get – seriously, why, why did he think um, he could get a yard there? Oh, that's – as a coach, you I think you, that's where ego comes in. You expect to get a yard there. You think that your quarterback can sure. go under center and, and get that surge that he needs. Yeah. But when they're expecting it. And you call the play that, that they sniffed out and they yeah. knew you were going to run. So, so what that tells me is yep, that yep. They, there, was some, there was a tell there – whether it was their splits or something that was said or something that they caught on film that they knew what was coming. So that's something that as a coach, you got to go back to the drawing board and eliminate that. But as a coach, you want to go get it. You want to go after that and get that uh, and, and go for broke because you know, it, it might not have paid off for them, but there's going to be a time where that probably will pay off um, in this moment. Yeah. The points are probably going to be very beneficial, because, like you said, you just don't know when you're going to be back near the end the, the end yeah. zone again. Um, I know, I know why he did it, um, but man, there that program is real. There, that team is really struggling. I knew their defense would come in and play well. And let me point this out real quick because I wrote about this earlier in the week about the point spread. I we can't bet on these games, folks. I, I, as a Penn State beat writer, I can't bet on a on a game, team that I'm covering. That is not really the right way to go about it. Man, I might have put fifty million dollars on on Northwestern at like plus twenty eight. The line was twenty six and a half at one point. I knew there was no way in hell Penn State was beating them by twenty eight points. I, I would have bought it up to twenty eight, maybe up to thirty one. You could have gotten thirty one for minus two hundred. You still could have got. I, there was no way in the world that they were gonna they were gonna beat North. As bad as Northwestern is, Northwestern those kids have a lot of pride. Jared, I I I I was just stunned when I saw that line. I've seen Northwestern play Penn State pretty tough for a lot of years. That's one of the worst lines of the season in college football. Yeah, I mean that's just. I mean that's Northwestern hasn't won a game on American soil yet. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, but they're embarrassed. Those are Northwestern kids. You think they're a bunch of losers? You think those no, Northwestern kids are a bunch of quitters? You think Pat Fitzgerald, one of the toughest SOBs in college football, a two-time national linebacker of the year, you think they're just going to up and quit? Look, they, they have a terrible offense, but if you looked at those games, yeah, they lost to Miami of Ohio. It was a close game. Yeah, they lost to Southern Hill. It was a close game. I mean, to think that they were just going to come in here and get get their ass handed to them by four touchdowns? Come on, man. That was ridiculous. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is the respect factor. James Franklin and Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald respect each other quite a lot. Uh, you can see that after the game uh, at midfield uh, when James Franklin told him straight up there that Northwestern played their asses off. And they did. They did, yep. Uh, and and on, in all honesty, uh, any time a team forces five turnovers and doesn't win the game, that's 
miraculous. Crazy. Yeah, the Steelers did um, that against the Bengals, right? Yeah, right. So that was close. You know, I mean, uh, Steelers ended up ended up. Uh, I mean, that, he, sometimes anytime you see those kind of those kind of differentials, usually they lead to blowouts. Yeah, exactly, and that just didn't happen. So that's, but that's why you play the game, right? You know, um, back to the game itself. What I like from Penn State, and and it was sloppy, right? You're you're putting the ball on the ground, you're throwing interceptions, but at the same time, you're still doing just enough to win the game, and that's mm-hmm. all that they've needed so far. But now, you're going into, you know. You're going into Michigan in two weeks. They're going to be either at number four or even higher. Um, and and just you have to be ready to go. And I think that's the one thing, you know, at Purdue, I think they they started a little slow, but that's first game. That's first game of the year, jitters. You're on your prime time on a Thursday night, which is for a program steeped in routine. That's difficult. Uh, but they went to Auburn and they were ready and they were, they came out on fire and they need to get that type of response off the bus off to, at the start of the game against Michigan in the big house. Cause the big house has been a house of horrors for the Nittany lions of late. Um, and we've seen some pretty ugly Penn state football uh, as a result. Yeah. Penn state did get a win there during the COVID year, uh, which after the Owen five start, that, that was a good, that was a good win, but man, I was there for forty-two to seven in two thousand eighteen. Brutal. I was there. Tommy for 40- Stevens threw yeah, the Tommy, terrible pick. Worst, worst intercept. One of the worst interceptions you'll see. I was there for forty-nine ten in twenty sixteen, and that was an outstanding Penn State team. Really, before we knew it, but that Penn State team, we we have to keep in mind historically, they were missing, I believe, six defensive starters going into the game, and then they had somebody else get hurt. It might have been Jans Johnson get hurt during the – so they were out a bunch of defensive starters. And that was that was a good Penn State team. I, I, I don't think we're going to see anything like that in two weeks, Jared. I'm not picking Penn State to win. I would pick Penn, Michigan to win by you – know, I, I, I'm thinking Michigan can win that game by double digits. I don't think it'll get out of hand because Penn State's defense, I think, will be able to keep the game close. Man, Penn State's offense is just going to have – they're going to have to go out there and, and do a heck, heck of a lot more than we've seen them do the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, you got to play complementary football. I think they're getting good things out of the punt game, which is not good um, in the grand scheme of things. Barney and Moore has been their MVP on uh, on punt team. He's been incredible uh, other than that first punt uh, of the year. But, you know, it's not good to sit here and say that your best – the best thing going is your punter. That means the punter's on the field quite a bit. Um, you got it. You got to find some consistency offensively. I think the best thing going for Penn State is they have established the run. You know, obviously, uh, news came out after the game that Devin Ford is no longer with the program, uh, focusing on academics, which is unfortunate uh, but understandable. Um, and, and let's be real, he wasn't seeing the f- the field very often. Uh, so I don't necessarily blame him one bit. Uh, he did his part. Um, but the good news for Penn State is the running backs that they have outside of today and putting the ball on the ground, you know, Nick Singleton, 21 for 87 and a touchdown, 4.1 yards per carry. Katron Allen, 21 for 86, 4.1 yards per carry. Kevon Lee even, 10 for 40, four yards a carry. That's good. That I think up front, 
Penn State can play with Michigan. I think up front, they might be pretty good. They might finally have, have it going. Um, but again, you got to minimize the mistakes. You can't put, you can't, you can't turn the ball over more than once against Michigan and expect to come out of the big house of the victory. Yeah, we'll say best of luck to Devin Ford. Tough spot. He was a highly recruited running back. Uh, you get Nicholas Singleton, you get Catron Allen. Kevon Lee, you know, is still going to be around because uh, he's played a lot of football and he can do some things. Uh, it, it's a tough spot, but that's where we are with with the transfer portal. He only played four games, so he can he can get this year back as a red shirt year if he transfers, which you would think he would. Uh, but this is the reality of college football. And uh, maybe in the third segment, we can talk about Drew Aller because that was a topic of conversation in the press box after what we saw from Sean Clifford. Right. So let's talk about, let's take a quick break, Corey, and then we'll get back and talk about that. But for Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar in the second segment of the We Are Podcast. We'll come back here on the flip side for the third and final one on the DKA Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey, you mentioned before we took that quick break, we're through four games. Drew Aller played in or we're through five games now, but Drew Aller has played in only four. Well, redshirt rules say if you play in four or less, you are eligible. What say you about the possibility of Drew Aller redshirting? No, I don't see that. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't see that because I think there's going to still be a whole lot of opportunities to perhaps get him on the field. Um it, it, look, if by some chance he's going to redshirt, then they James Franklin must have already struck a deal with him and his parents and everybody involved, and the, and and been given a one hundred percent certainty that he's going to come back. It, 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 but I, I don't believe I just don't believe that's going to be the case because w- what we were talking about in the press box, Jared, was hey, if Sean Clifford's going to look this bad, why not give the other kid a chance? All right, and so. This is where I think a lot of I'm, a lot of fans are going to disagree with me on this because I know fans want to see the next thing and everybody wants to see Drew Aller and I do get it I do, but as inconsistent and mediocre as he can look sometimes I do still believe 
Sean Clifford gives you your best chance to win. If fans want to disagree with that, okay. But I don't think Drew Allers going to the big house and winning. I don't think Drew Allers beating Ohio State ever at the as a true freshman this year. You know, Sean Clifford gives you a chance. Sean Clifford's going to give you an opportunity. He's played in 150 games in college football. He he he's your. But look, there are media folks in the press box that say, "Hey, why not give Drew a chance? If they lose a game or two, give him a chance." And I'm like, well, even if you're six and two, you lose to Michigan and Ohio State, Jared, you can still go ten and two and get to a New Year's six game, which is probably the Orange Bowl. So, what do fans want? Do fans, if they, if they do lose to Michigan and Ohio State, do they just want to turn everything over to Drew Aller and start preparing for next year? Because now you might lose to Maryland. Now you might lose to Michigan State. Okay, you know, it, it was one thing if you were going to go three and three, two and four, or what have you. I'm just of the opinion, man, that. Sean Clifford's going to give you the best chance to win. 10-2 and two at worst is probably still on the table. So stick with him as much as you can. You know, it, it's tough because what is Sean Clifford's ceiling, right? Was it 11-1, 12-0, 10-2? Those are all very good. But Sean Clifford's floor yeah. could very easily be 7-5, and 8-4, 9-3. What's Drew Aller's floor? What's Drew Aller's ceiling? Listen, we know that he's got it, and we know that he can probably do it, but we don't know enough yet, right? And it and listen, Penn State's schedule isn't easy. Hey, Jared, Drew Aller's forward. floor. To me, Drew Aller's floor is eight for 30 against Ohio State with four interceptions and seven sacks and maybe getting hurt. That's I, we, I mean, we have to think about this in terms of Ohio State. Is he could could he could he come out and compete at that level against the number two or number three team in the country? Maybe he could. Maybe he'd be phenomenal. But I just think that's too big of a risk because here's the thing, Jared. It doesn't even matter if Penn State loses to Michigan. Just so everybody understands, even if Penn State loses to Michigan, they can still get to a playoff mm-hmm. by beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten. So you know, the, the Michigan is not the season. As it is almost every year, Ohio State is the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that that is the top that is the top mark. That's the watermark you have to hit. But you know, a lot's got to go right. You know, if Penn State goes to Michigan, I think that's going to be a top ten matchup. Um, the way things are looking uh, between this week and next week, um, and then you've got Minnesota, who is the the only the only I guess. Um, well, not the only competent team in the Big Ten West. You know, you've got um, you've got Purdue that's three and two, Illinois that's four and one, which is magical, uh, and then obviously Minnesota's four and one as well. But um, you've got Minnesota coming to town. Then you've got Ohio. You're you've got, you're hosting Ohio State, which is the best thing for you this year is this is the year that you host them, um, and that that's is right. huge. Yep. yep. Um, but. That game is probably going to be at noon. A noon whiteout is much different than a 7.30 whiteout. So you have that as well. Then you've got Indiana, right? Indiana's not not a slouch at three and one uh, as of right now. And Maryland's playing very well, too. Um, They're four and one. And that's the thing. (laughs) You know, you have to be cognizant of that. Uh, And then you've got Rutgers to finish out. And then also Michigan State who is the basement of the Big Ten East. Yeah, they're and really down. It's just not pretty. Um, 
you know. I, I just want to say, would you do you want to see Aller like start like, if they lose to a Michigan and Ohio State? Do you want to see them turn the reins over to Drew Aller? I think, it, I, I think if, you, lot, if I think they lose to those do. two, you have to. No, I, why? You you can you might still as well be, see what you've got. Why? I, this is the thing. And look, I get it. Most fans are going to disagree with me because they want the shiny new toy. You can beat all the rest of those teams with Sean Clifford and still go to the Orange Bowl. You could lose two or three of those games with Drew Aller. I, I mean, you this can do the no same thing with Sean Clifford. I don't think so. I really don't think Sean Clifford's going to lose to those teams. I mean, I, I, I know it's possible. And look, I've been as critical of Sean Clifford as anybody, but the, how, how do you preach a one and zero mentality? Franklin's entire, his entire being is one and zero. If they lose to Michigan and Ohio State, can he honestly look at the kids in that program and tell them? Now, look, if Sean Clifford is horrendous in these games, well, then maybe. But can he honestly look at the kids in that program and tell them that he thinks they have a better shot to win with Drew Aller than Sean Clifford? I mean, that's the thing. is What type of – what Sean Clifford are you going to get at Michigan and at that's home right. against yeah. Ohio State? And even in between with Minnesota, too, you know? <laughs> what what cuz because the, that's this it's the same Sean Clifford that we've always seen. He has flashes of brilliance and then he has flashes of oh shit. And believe me man, I'm sitting here laughing cuz of any media member, I've been as critical as Sean Clifford as anyway. I'm laughing cuz I'm like defending the guy and I feel I feel crazy in doing it. I'm just simply saying your season is not over at 6 and 2. With the schedule they have left, 10 and 2 and an Orange Bowl are absolutely still very much on the table. And I think you give you play the guy that gives you the best chance to win. And as of right now, I still think that would be Clifford. Yeah, as of right now, I think it is. Um, but the beauty of it is that could change. Because if you remember correctly, last year, at one time, Christian Veyer was the number three option. He developed into the number two option just by <laughs> overnight, it seemed. But things can change. You know, the good news is Drew Aller has experience. So if Sean Clifford goes out and it's like Iowa last year, he goes out and, and, and Sean Clifford goes out and gets hurt, Drew Aller is going to be prepared to play. That is the, I think, the biggest thing that Penn State has going for it if they have to make a change based on injury. Now, if Sean Clifford's performance dictates that he is taken out, again, at least Aller has experience. That yeah. is, that is huge, um, because without that experience, you, you know, that's tech, that could be take one Roberson, um, two point and that's not good. Like that was that was the most ill prepared I've ever seen anybody at Penn state under James Franklin. The, um, the absolute most important thing is to make sure drew Aller is happy. So he doesn't leave. So I'll contradict what I'm saying earlier. If you get the feeling, if James Franklin gets the feeling that if they don't turn to Aller, if they lose to Michigan, Ohio state, that that could piss off Aller and he might leave then yeah, I get it. I mean, you got to have the conversations with the kid, with the parents, whatever. You can't lose Drew Aller. You can't let him get disengaged because he's not playing. That is the most important thing going forward. So I, I do understand where fans are. Fans want to see him, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to say win for this year as well. But you, you, you there are realities, man. There are realities yeah. that you cannot risk him getting disengaged. 
Right. And, you know, I think I don't know the relationship that, that they have with Drew Aller. What's been told, what's been promised, what's been promised. Um, all of that is just pure speculation. But, you know, at this point, I think he has to be happy with the playing time that he's got um, as a true freshman. True freshman quarterbacks don't always play at Penn State, if at all. Um, so that's very rare in, in and of itself. And to play behind a four a four year starter, six year quarterback, you know, I think that's, you know, that's very that's impressive in and of itself. But with that said, James Franklin's got to think about three, four years down the road, right? You know, mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time. So, you know, he's got to do what 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 puts the team in the best position to win. Aller has looked good at times. He's looked like a freshman at times. But it hasn't been truly, truly, you know, extensive playing time against the ones. Um, and and that's and the, the other team's ones, I should say. But the good news is, moving forward, the hardest atmosphere that they had to play at is Michigan. Um, they're on the road at Indiana and Rutgers. And Rutgers. The good news is, this is a year they have they host Minnesota, they host Ohio State, they host Maryland, and they host Michigan State for the prestigious Land Grant Trophy. So that is good for Penn State moving forward. But the, also, the good thing uh, moving forward for Penn State is happening around the Big Ten. Um, and around the country, because, you know, as it stands today, uh, we're recording this just prior to midnight here uh, on Saturday. Clemson is up 10 against NC State. Um, you know, NC State, the number 10 ranked team. So I would expect um, Penn State to to move into the top 10. Um, Georgia Tech is up 12 over Pitt. And uh, what is considered probably the, uh, that is such a Narduzzi thing. Um and then right now, what's the score? What's the score there? I, I'm nineteen I, I'm, to seven. Is it nineteen to seven? Nineteen now? to I'll seven with a little over eight minutes left as of this recording. Well, let's close with this, and and there is time left. But if Pitt loses this game, let's go back to the beginning of what we talked about. You know, Penn State found a way to win. They played ugly. If Northwestern scores on that fourth and goal at the one, it's a seventeen fourteen game. Maybe th- the bottom line is Penn State won, and. They win these kinds of games, I think, a lot of times because of James Franklin's mm-hmm. one and no mentality. I do think these, these players are focused. How in the world Pitt could lose to Georgia Tech as a 20-point favorite at home? I mean, it's just uh, – that that's that's abysmal. Now, look, there is time left. We'll see what happens. But that's, that's the kind of loss that is kids and people in a program that, to me, they're just, they're just not focused and ready to play the game. Right. And, you know – it, it it is what it is. It's a sloppy field there too. Those poor the poor Steelers that are playing Sunday afternoon there. It's going to be awful. Um, but but again, that's why you play football, and that's why Franklin's mentality isn't wrong. Um, it looks awful when they go zero and one, but one having a one and zero mentality and having that tunnel focus on one opponent isn't a bad thing. So Corey and I have gone one and zero this week. As always, we knocked it out of the park on this episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll catch you again for a bi-week edition of the We Are podcast next week on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.